Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Recording this on a Monday night. So we're now several weeks into what is the coronavirus pandemic. It's been a really weird time. Didn't have a lot of content up on the site last week for the obvious reason that there hasn't been a lot to talk about. But we're starting to get a little bit more creative. Uh, I've helped the staff come up with some good topics that we can discuss over the next few weeks. On various days, we're going to have different things. On Monday, uh, today, Gage Bridgeford wrote a nice profile on Michael Porter Jr. That was basically a season grade for him. Next week, I'll be doing one on Paul Millsap, so stay tuned to that. Every Wednesday during this period of time, we're going to dive into one of the players off the bench, uh, one of the deep bench players like P.J. Dozier, uh, Keita Bates-Diop, Vlako Chanchar, etc. Even talk about Bull Bull um, and talk about where those guys fit into the picture for the Nuggets going forward, if they fit into the picture at all. Also going to, on every Thursday, start some draft content. Uh, Gage is going to come up with some of his favorite draft prospects this Thursday. Going to be fun. We're going to use Thursday as our NBA draft day uh, because the Nuggets finally have a first-round pick, and it's time for Nuggets fans to start paying attention to that, especially while now there's no NBA basketball going on. So, might as well look ahead to see if there are any players that would fit well with this Nuggets team going forward. And then on Friday, we're going to do various top 10 lists. I'm going to start it off on this coming Friday with the top 10 Will Barton plays of the season. These will probably double as social posts and videos and things of that nature. Uh, going to have fun with it, going to try and come up with some creative things. Uh, so keep on the lookout for that. It'll be things like the the top 10 Michael Porter Jr. plays or the top 10 assists of the season or the top 10 moments in the Nuggets season this year. And maybe we'll even go deeper than this year. We'll, we can go back uh, in history, top, talk about the top 10 Nuggets of uh, and in franchise history. I put out a poll today, uh, a platform called All Our Ideas, which basically... I put together a list of the players in Nuggets franchise history that I think make up some of the best, and I'm going to ask you guys to vote on that. Did a great job already so far looking at it right now. We already have over 5,000 votes on all of these players, so thank you so much for tuning for getting into that. Nikola Jokic currently leads Alex English and Carmelo Anthony, so if you disagree with that, then go in and vote. Go in and vote for Alex English. Go in and vote for Carmelo or Fat Lever or David Thompson or whoever you think is the best player in Nuggets franchise history. We're going to have some fun content beyond that and some interactive content with Nuggets fans. So stay on the lookout. Today's episode of the podcast, I asked people on Twitter which player profile they would like to receive from a member of the bench. And no surprise, it was Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is a very important piece of Denver's future, in my opinion. He is a kind of a controversial piece, I would say, just based off of some of the advanced statistics. So, like when he was on the floor, the Nuggets weren't always good. Usually that's a pretty good indicator of if a player is valuable or not. In this particular case, I don't know if that's true. 
we're going to talk about Grant more in depth, uh, talk about some of his strengths and weaknesses, where he ranks in the league, how his game should translate to the playoffs, and what I see his role on the Nuggets as going forward. So if you missed last week's, I talked about Jamal Murray, didn't include his latest foray into uh, into the internet, and that's probably for the best. But if you want to hear more about Jamal Murray and his previous season, what I see him as going forward, then make sure to check out last week's episode. But without further ado, let's get into talking about Jeremy Grant. Okay, first thing we're going to talk about is his stats, is his raw numbers, his advanced metrics, things of that nature. Uh, Points, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks. I'm doing this... uh, Comparing him to all other backup forwards, so guys like Montrez Harrell, even though he's he's kind of a center. Um, who are some of the other players that I would put into this category? Uh, Larry Nance, um, Davis Bertans. Uh, I, I had the list pulled up earlier, but I've already done this work, so no need for me to pull it up again. Um, I, don't, I don't. Eric Pascal from the Golden State Warriors, who just helped beat the Nuggets. Um, Basically, Jeremy Grant, when graded against those players, looks very favorable from a per-game basis. Uh, he's eighth in points at 11.6 points per game. Uh, rebounds and assists, he's not great. Rebounds, only 3.5 rebounds per game. That ranks 31st out of 59 backup power forwards and, and small forwards. That's really bad, especially for as many minutes as Grant plays. He plays borderline starting minutes. Uh, average this year was close to, uh, it was basically close to like 26 or 27, I'm pretty sure. Um, Let's pull that up real quick. Yeah, he averaged 26 minutes per game. He did start 22 games, and during that stretch, he was up over 30 on several occasions. A lot of that was when Mason Plumlee was out as well as Paul Millsap, so he did spend some time as both the starting power forward and backup center, which definitely lifted his minutes. But still, he played a lot. And he was in a situation where, because he played a lot, he would have been able to accumulate stats. But he only averaged 1.2 assists per game, and that ranked 24th. For a player like him, that's pretty bad. That's pretty low, because in terms of his minutes, he was very high. He was one of the highest minute-per-game guys off the bench from the backup forward position. Uh, In terms of steals and blocks, though, he was very good. He was very active. He was 16th in steals at 0.7 and 7th in blocks at 0.8. That's a good number. It's not great. It's not perfect. It's not what you would want from an elite defender, per se. But I think it can be definitely agreed upon that Grant isn't going to be an elite help side defender. He's He's not going to be an elite team defender, But I think he can be an elite one-on-one defender in certain situations, so we can talk about that going forward. Uh, But two-point percentage, let's get to shooting. Uh, Two-point percentage, he had 51.8%. He was 31st. Uh, Not great, but also he had to take some more difficult shots than a lot of folks. Three-point percentage is key. He he had 40% on his threes. That ranks ninth among these backup forwards, and that's guys like Marcus, or, yeah, uh, Davis Bertans and some of the those other guys that I I had previously discussed. And 40%, no matter who you are, is a really good mark, especially with as many shots as he usually takes from off the bench. He's a very good shooter. 
And this is something that I don't think people really took into account as much when they were really thinking about him, when they were thinking about what he could be for the Nuggets. It was more a multi-positional defender, somebody who could really switch one through five. And he has been that, and he's been pretty good in that skill. But what I've been really impressed with was his shooting. He has a great release. It's very quick. Uh, He can shoot it from the corners really well. He can shoot it from beyond the arc really well. Um, From the corners this year, he shot only 34%, but that means he shot really high from beyond the arc. Uh, He was up over 42% from beyond the arc, I believe, like above the break. Uh, That's a really good number and a really important thing for spacing when you're talking about how best to space the floor for the rest of the offense. And he he had a major role to play there because Mason Plumlee off the bench is not a shooter. Uh, Torrey Craig and Gary Harris and a lot of Denver's shooters kind of struggled this year. The Nuggets as a team were not a great shooting team, but it wasn't because Jeremy Grant wasn't pulling his weight. He was very good. And I've been very impressed with that and think that if he can continue that going forward, he really changes the calculus of this offense uh, because he's willing to take those shots and can space the floor. And if he drags people away from the rim, that makes Jamal Murray's life easier. It makes Nikola Jokic's life easier. Maybe it makes Michael Porter Jr.'s life easier. Let's talk about his shooting breakdown, uh, the percentage of his field goals in certain places on the floor. At the rim, only 41% of his shots took place at the rim. That's slightly below average. But his his percentage of shots at three-point range was above average. His percentage of shots in the long mid-range was above average. He's really a jump-shooting forward, or a jump-shooting big if you want to call him just a power-forward-center combo. That's a good profile for a guy like that, and it's a good profile for a complementary player. Now, I think that if he weren't playing with Mason Plumlee consistently, then he would have a little bit more attempts at the rim and less attempts in the kind of the short mid-range or long mid-range area. The problem with having a non-shooting center is they take a lot of space up on the floor and they force players to settle for shots that they wouldn't necessarily settle for if they had an open lane. We've seen what Jeremy Grant can do off the dribble when he's cutting, uh, when he has an open space. Jokic finds him very consistently. Jokic has been really good at dumping it off to him when he's in the short corner, as well as getting him the ball where he can have a really he can be in a really good position to just knife right to the rim. Uh, Through the paint, he has some of these really athletic moves and dunks on the move that I think are very important for a team that needs as much spacing as possible around a couple of players in Murray and Jokic who aren't the most athletic at their position. They need as much space as possible to do what they do. If they want to get all the way to the rim, they can't be dealing with an extra defender. Jeremy Grant will pull that guy away from the rim and I think he's he's really profiled very well there. Uh, 40% from three is really good. It's in the 81st percentile at his position. That's it's about all you need, honestly. Like if you have if you have players who can consistently be above the 70th percentile at their position, that means that your offense is going to be very good. 
no matter whether if only one player is shooting well and like like above 40, 45%, something like that, then it's going to be different. But if everybody is at 38%, 39%, 40%, which player do you leave? Which player do you, in a, in a playoff situation where every shot matters, every point matters, if you're in a position and you're facing the Nuggets and they have on the floor Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, and Nikola Jokic. Jokic is probably the worst shooter in that group, but you don't want to leave him because he has proven that he can hit those shots when he's open. When he's in rhythm, when he's locked in, he hit those shots well in the playoff setting. So does that mean that you leave Will Barton open? It probably means, honestly, that you leave Jeremy Grant open. In the playoffs for Oklahoma City, he made guys pay. And I think that's a very important concept when talking about Grant. We'll talk about him as a playoff guy, but the jump shooting is something that I don't think that people have really locked into with him. He is a great jump shooter. And because of that, that's going to change things up for this Nuggets team. Because if he can space the floor as a jump shooter... Better than even Paul Millsap could, even though he was shooting very well, he just wasn't shooting it a ton. Jeremy Grant's shooting it a ton, and if he can make those shots, then the Nuggets' offense is going to change drastically. Um, Jeremy Grant hits his shots. That's going to be very important for when his prime years hit, for when he's at his advanced stage skill-wise. If he's hitting his shots at a high level, uh, things are just they're just completely different for this Nuggets team. Um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about where I think Grant is kind of in his league-wide standing, what his raw numbers say about him, and then what his playoff viability is. How is his game going to translate to a playoff setting? We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Alright, we're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. When looking around the league, I think it's very clear that despite Jeremy Grant being good, he's not ever going to be one of the top power forwards in the NBA. That's going to be reserved for players that take a ton of shots, that make high-level defensive plays on a consistent basis, and, and really just affect their teams from a playmaking perspective as well. Guys like Giannis and Anthony Davis and Pascal Siakam, uh, some other guys on that list would be Kristaps Porzingis, Zion Williamson going forward, Draymond Green, Blake Griffin. Um, he may not even be as good as 
kind of the the consistent starters over the last few years, like Gallinari and Robert Covington and Kevin Love and even Paul Millsap. I don't think that Jeremy Grant, if can, if given his stats this year, I don't think anybody could really make an argument that Jeremy Grant is a better player than Paul Millsap. He may be a better fit, and I actually think that's true. I think that we can talk about that in the next segment. But when looking around the league, I think you put him in a tier next year that includes guys like Jonathan Isaac, Al Horford, uh, Kelly Oubre, Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, Larry Markkinen. I have him in that tier, which is around the 16 to 23 range. And more specifically, I think he'd be about like 18 to 22. Uh, that's below average as a starter. And that's important. It's It means that the Nuggets, if they were to go away from him, would or if they were to go away from Paul Millsap, they'd be downgrading. That, that's just kind of how it is in this case. Paul Millsap has such a great impact in terms of his defensive presence. He rebounds the ball very well. He's a good isolation scorer. He's been hitting his shots very, very well. But the drop-off isn't insane. The drop-off isn't to the point where the Nuggets would be losing a quality power forward and having a poor starting power forward going forward. That's important, and that distinction is very important when talking about what Jeremy Grant can be for this team, at least in the regular season. Yeah, because if I had to rank him against the other starting power forwards, that's where he would be. He would be like in the 18 to 20 range, 18 to 22. Um, now he's roughly 14th in the NBA among those power forwards and win shares. Uh, but because he has some struggles with rebounding, with assists, and creating for others, he's not this elite scorer. He's a good scorer, but not elite. Uh, he drops down a little bit. But the most important part when talking about Jeremy Grant is his playoff viability. I am of the opinion that Jeremy Grant is a 16-game player. Draymond Green made this term popular when he was talking about the playoffs and he was talking about how different is the playoffs from the regular season. They're basically two different games, and Draymond was basically saying that there are 16-game players who excel in a playoff setting, and there are 82-game players who excel in a regular season setting. I think before he proved his worth, Nikola Jokic was considered an 82-game player because of his his perceived defensive issues, because uh, his offense is a little bit gimmicky in, in the eyes of a lot of people. They didn't think that he would be able to hold up as a scorer. They thought of him as an 82-game player. His playoff performance last year, it really changed the narrative on him. Changed the narrative and kind of affirmed what we at Denver Stiffs, what Nuggets media in general has been saying for a long time, that Nikola Jokic is a great player. Jeremy Grant is also a 16-game player, in my opinion. And the reason for that is because of his versatility, because of his ability to impact the game in several ways, and the most important ways. First of all, as I talked about, shooting is so important in the playoffs. The Nuggets were not able to score when it counted last year because their shooting dried up, because they had guys on the floor in Gary Harris and 
Uh, Will Barton, his shooting dried up a little bit. Torrey Craig's not considered a shooter. Paul Millsap didn't shoot well in the playoffs last year. Those guys had to be on the floor for defensive purposes, but they weren't able to space the floor in addition to what they were doing defensively. Jeremy Grant, while he's probably a weaker defender than a couple of those guys, Gary Harris and Paul Millsap specifically, he shoots the ball. And he does it in a way that really impacts the game and helps surround a duo like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and help them work. As I talked about in the first segment, 40% from three. It's really hard to fake that. It's really hard to say, oh man, that's not real. Um, In the playoffs in 2018-2019, when he had a consistent role as a floor spacer in the Oklahoma City offense next to Paul George and Russell Westbrook, he only averaged 11.6 per game, but he averaged 5.6 rebounds, was pretty good there, 2.0 blocks, and he shot 45% from three. He really spaced the floor well. He, was cons- he wasn't considered like this elite floor spacer before that season, but he did a good enough job in the, in the games that he had, and he attempted 23s in five games. That's an important number to consider for sure. Um, he also can do different things with the ball in his hands. And he can also, when he has mismatches, he can attack those comfortably. I looked at his shot profile uh, a few weeks ago before all hell broke loose. And I found that he was one of the only players on the Nuggets team that no matter what the play type was, he was competent. He was good. It wasn't perfect every time, but he could run the pick and roll. He could be the role man in the pick and roll. He obviously shoots spot ups very well. He cuts to the rim. He runs in transition. He can take a dribble handoff. He can rebound the ball offensively and get a nice putback. He does a lot of different things. And another thing that he does really well is he can he can post up decently well and he isolates reasonably well. Because of that skill set, he can at least take some pressure off of the players that he's on the floor with. If Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic need a break, they can throw the ball to him on one possession. If they need to kick the ball out consistently to him, he can catch the ball and shoot or he can drive to the rim comfortably. If they need to rack up some transition points, he's a guy who runs like a deer, and he will consistently score points in that situation, make things easier for his team. By having a guy who can do all of those things competently, it makes things easier when going deep into the playoffs, because what the playoffs really do is they highlight a player's weaknesses, what they are not good at. Opposing teams use this scouting report and try and dig right into the weaknesses of the opposition in order to find the best advantage for them possible. Jeremy Grant doesn't have a ton of weaknesses. Some of them are are important, and I think we can talk about those. His rebounding is always going to be something that the Nuggets will have to watch out for. They'll have to have players that he... Uh, that can kind of compensate for that, that can make up for that as really good rebounders. Especially when he's defending small forwards. When he's passing and creating for others, he can 
make a pass when he's when he's faced with an easy kick out when he's posting up and he sees a double team and or maybe he doesn't even see a double team but a player on the weak side has fallen asleep a defender on the weak side and he throws it to that guy's man because there's eight to ten feet of space but when he's faced with some complex reads when he's faced with a situation where the right decision isn't always easy or isn't always visible he may struggle with that. There's a reason why he averaged only 1.2 assists per game this year. It's because he wasn't passing a ton. In addition, his help side defense at power forward, and especially at small forward if he's defending those guys, it's going to be non-existent. It's going to be a situation where he really is only going to provide help side defense and block shots when he's the center, when he's playing a backup center role and is already in position to rotate off of his man and jump for a shot. He can do that. And when he was doubling as the starting power forward and small ball center during that late January, February stretch where both Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley were out, and even when Paul Millsap was uh, coming off the bench, he averaged 1.6 blocks per game, which is really good. That's not a number that Nuggets fans have really seen. 1.6 blocks per game from a power forward is very important on a team that Nikola Jokic is the center. He's not going to block a ton of shots. He's going to rack up a bunch of steals because his hands are great, but he's more of a positional defender. What Jeremy Grant could be is somebody who goes beyond his position to help compensate for others. He won't be able to do that at the small forward or power forward position, but maybe in situations where Nikola Jokic has to sit in a playoff series, where he has to take a little rest, Jeremy Grant would be a good guy to have out there blocking some shots. That would be great. But the one thing above all that I really haven't talked about in terms of his playoff viability is his one-on-one defense. He is the only guy on the Nuggets team that I really trust to guard Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, all of those guys at least competently, at least in a situation where he stays in front of them as well as he can and provides some resistance. I don't trust Torrey Craig guarding those bigger wings. I definitely don't trust Gary Harris and Will Barton. As good as those guys have been in certain situations with this Nuggets team, I wrote today on Stat of the Week this Monday, I'm recording this Monday night, I wrote about how Gary Harris and Will Barton just aren't going to be able to defend those tall, small forwards. That's a problem. That's a really tough situation to be in. If Jeremy Grant is on the floor and he can switch on to those players, or maybe that's just his assignment from the get-go, He could really help the Nuggets win a championship. He could be in a position where even though he doesn't provide elite uh, elite defensive value from a team defense perspective, his one-on-one defense could be the key. When he's on the floor, he is the guy who guards those top wings. It's never been anybody else when he's on the floor, except for when he also has to guard Anthony Davis. That's different. That's understandable. Um... 
I'm interested in seeing how this goes. I'm interested in seeing what the Nuggets decide to do and how they handle next season because he's proven his worth in that specific skill. And that's probably the second most important skill in the NBA today behind being a primary creator offensively, both as a shooter and passer, or both as a scorer and passer. That's the most important. But defending those six foot eight guys who can score, who can get to the rim, who can pass to others, that's probably the second most important skill, and Jeremy Grant has it. That's why I think he's so important for this team. When we come back, I'm going to talk about what his role is going to be with the Nuggets going forward, what I think the Nuggets should and will do, and it's going to be an interesting conversation. We'll be right back. on Jeremy Grant, what he can be for this Nuggets team going forward. And what I mean by that is not only the next season, 2020-2021, but also going forward beyond that. During the rest of Nikola Jokic's prime, during the rest of Jamal Murray's max contract, who can they surround those two with that makes the most sense? Which players can Denver put onto this team that makes sense as scorers, as defenders, as shooters, as creators. I'm interested in seeing how it goes because I think that Grant could be that guy. I think he makes sense as a perfect fourth or fifth option on this Nuggets team as a starter going forward, especially if paired with Michael Porter Jr., Porter is a guy who projects as a small forward with those kinds of responsibilities offensively, but he has a large weakness defensively, guarding those types of players, guarding perimeter players. A guy who doesn't is Grant. Grant is a guy who he'll probably serve more as a power forward offensively, somebody who's spacing the floor. Maybe he's in the, in the dunker spot in certain situations, cutting a ton. Uh, not necessarily handling the ball a ton. But those two make sense as if you're Grant, you are the defensive small forward and offensive power forward. And if you're Porter, you're the offensive power or yeah, you're the offensive small forward and defensive power forward. Porter's 6'10. He'll probably bulk up a little bit to 220, 225. I think he's gonna get bigger. And because of that, he may not be a good guy to defend small forwards and shooting guards. Jeremy Grant can. Jeremy Grant probably should, especially if he's a guy who isn't going to excel as a rebounder. Because of that, because of that duo specifically, I think those two are probably the two best players on the Nuggets roster to pair with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Porter for his shooting, for his scoring capability and potential, and his rebounding. 
and Grant for his shooting ability, for his off-the-dribble skills in a smaller role, and his defensive one-on-one potential. He's six foot nine. He's the right size to defend a lot of those star wings. And he's a guy who the Nuggets should probably have out there in those situations to make sure that they don't get blown out when they have to go up against those players. They have a bunch of decisions to make this offseason. Paul Millsap is a he's going to be a free agent. Mason Plumley is a free agent. Torrey Craig is a restricted free agent, but he's also probably going to head to free agency. The Nuggets may have to lose one of those guys or multiple in order to keep Jeremy Grant because they have Jamal Murray on a max contract going forward and his max kicks in next season because Nikola Jokic is on a max deal because Gary Harris got 19 and a half million for next year because Will Barton is at about 13 million next year. Jeremy Grant is probably going to be Denver's first priority to lock up as a starter going forward, but that means that Denver could lose Paul Millsap, Mason Plumlee, Torrey Craig, one, two, or all three of those guys. If they keep a couple of those guys, it might mean trading Gary Harris or Will Barton if the money becomes too tight. And that's a fact. That The Nuggets are in a situation right now where the money is going to become really important. They've been in this contract situation with the altitude deal, and they haven't had any money from that this season. They also are a team that's notorious for not going into the tax. I don't think that changes, especially now with COVID-19, coronavirus, with that becoming a major factor for this team for the entire NBA. The NBA is just losing money. And if you're the Cronkies, you're probably not really looking forward to having to pay a luxury tax for next season when you couldn't even finish out this one and get the playoff revenue from this season. Now, things may change and the playoffs may come back and they may be in a situation where they could recover some of that, but they're still taking a hit. Everybody's taking a hit. The salary cap and the luxury tax are probably going to go down because of this coronavirus. And that really affects what the Nuggets can do with Jeremy Grant and what they should do. The Nuggets can't lowball Jeremy Grant. He has to be their first priority. I think he's probably going to command a deal that's ranging in the $13 million per year to $17 million per year range, depending on how many years it is, what his value is around the league. I've always said and always kind of thought that a four-year, $60 million deal is the most likely outcome. With him, it's the... Um, it's a $15 million per year annual value. That's average starting power forward money going forward. It's not at the level of, a, of an all-star or anything like that. But Grant has earned that. He's been good enough. They're in a situation where I don't think they can give him a hometown discount. He was traded to Denver. He didn't choose Denver. He could go anywhere he wanted to going forward. And the Nuggets would have to probably offer him a starting spot and starter caliber power forward money in order to keep him around. So that means 
that this decision is probably the biggest one for the Nuggets heading into the offseason. If they believe that Michael Porter Jr. is a part of the Nuggets trio going forward, if it's Murray, Porter, and Jokic, and I think it should be, I think that Grant has to be one of those pieces that's viewed as essential to really unlock that potential from Murray, Porter, and Jokic. His game makes sense as a complimentary shooter, as a defender that kind of does everything, as a guy who's six foot nine, who can defend guys who are six six to six nine, six ten. That's really important. He can shoot 40% from three. The Nuggets are probably going to go back to having a top five offense in the NBA. If he's in there, if Porter's in there, if Murray and Jokic are healthy. The decision then becomes what the Nuggets do at shooting guard because I don't think they're going to keep both Gary Harris and Will Barton if they give Jeremy Grant $15 million per year. But I think they should do that. I think all of these things have kind of a, a tumbling effect on what the Nuggets are going to do. It's going to be interesting to see what that eventually becomes because I think that Grant could be an essential part to what this team does for the next several years. If Murray and Jokic and Porter are going to form a championship caliber trio, they need a guy who can do some of the dirty work, who can handle some of the tougher assignments, and who can shoot 40% from three while remaining efficient. Grant's that guy. The Nuggets aren't going to be able to rely on Paul Millsap the entire time. He's 35. He's not getting any younger. And the Nuggets are going to just have to surround the those guys with defense, athleticism, and shooting. And Grant, he just provides all three. It won't be perfect. The Nuggets are taking a leap of faith if they do this. They have to really love what they can do, and they have to really love Murray, Porter, and Jokic going forward. But I think they do. I think they know what it takes. And I think I know what it takes to get this team to a championship-caliber unit. And that means committing to Jeremy Grant. I think he provides all three of those, the defense, athleticism, and shooting combo that you need to surround your stars with. That's who I think he is. That's what I think he can be. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. If you're in the comments, make sure to comment down below who you think I should break down next. Uh, it could be a, It's probably going to be a starter. It could be Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, one of those four. Looking forward to seeing what we can do. Looking forward to seeing what we can do as a Denver Stiffs community, as an audience, to kind of combat this coronavirus situation. Not a lot going on right now in the NBA world, um, unless you're Jamal Murray. And the Nuggets should probably be in a situation where Nuggets fans, we can talk about them. We can talk about these things. It, it'll be... Um, hypothetical most of the time because the NBA is not going to come back for a while but we can have fun discussing it we can have fun talking about it and I think we should I enjoy this a lot let me know what you think about my J Jeremy Grant breakdown let me know what you, who you think I should do next that's going to do it for this episode I'll see you guys next week